0: This is Theology on the Go, a brief interview about an eternal truth.
1: The Holy Spirit is not sort of begging to gain entrance. He comes to awaken a dead soul.
0: Welcome to Theology on the Go. I'm Jonathan Master, joined by my co-host and friend, Dr. James Dolzo. Today, we are privileged to be speaking with the pastor of Kabwata Reformed Baptist Church in Lusaka, Zambia. We will be talking to Pastor Mbewe about the role of the Holy Spirit in evangelism, and you can stay tuned after the interview to find out how to get a free download of a previously recorded PCRT on the Holy Spirit called the Promised Holy Spirit. Pastor Mbewe, thank you for joining us today
1: thank you thank you very much uh jonathan and james for having me on this uh program
0: well it's it's absolutely our privilege now i wanted to start this way oftentimes when christians discuss the role of the holy spirit the subjects they cover are things like tongues and prophecy but but jesus tells his disciples in john 16 that when the holy spirit comes he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. And I wondered if you could begin by unpacking a little bit of the significance of the convicting work of the Holy Spirit for the work we do as Christians today.
1: Thank you. Thank you. That's uh, an all-important question because, you see, what Jesus came to do was essentially to reconcile sinners to God. And in reconciling us to God, the first task on his hands was to appease the God who has been offended and hence his work on the cross. He died on the cross in order that he might bear the penalty for our sin. But then that was half the work done. The other half was now to come to the rebels, that is, those of us who have sinned against God, in order that we may now be brought to the same God who has opened the door wide for us. And because sin enslaves, it blinds, it has deadened our consciences and our spirits, there was need for the work of regeneration which is what the holy spirit primarily comes to do. He comes in order to bring life to dead souls. He comes to convict rebels so that they might recognize the need to repent of sin, that is confess and forsake it and consequently come to God to Apologize, which is really what confession is with respect to God. And that is a fruit of the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. Hence the statement that you read from John 16 and verse 8. When he comes, that is the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. We desperately need that in order for us now as sinners to come to God and be reconciled to him. So that's a lot more important than what a lot of people tend to spend their time speaking about.
2: Pastor Mbewe, I wonder if we could continue on that thought, that when the Spirit comes to convict us of sin, perhaps you could say something about the power with which he comes. I think sometimes we get this idea that, the Spirit uh, is sort of uh, ephemeral and easily brushed aside or dismissed. And certainly, Scripture speaks about grieving and quenching the Holy Spirit. I wonder if you could say something about the power of that conviction that the Spirit brings. Uh, I'm thinking of First 1 Thessalonians 1, 1.5 that says, The gospel came to you in, not only in word only, but in power and in the Holy Spirit with conviction. What should we understand about the power of the Spirit in convicting us?
1: I really love the fact that you have gone on to Paul's epistle to the Thessalonians, primarily because, you know, the the statement that the Apostle Paul uses there captures something of uh, the reality that, you know, the, the Holy Spirit is not sort of begging to gain entrance. He comes to awaken a dead soul. And, you know, anybody, Who tries to capture the imagery of a corpse being made alive begins to realize that you are dealing with a creative power. Nothing short of that. It's not someone begging, it is someone creating, or even better still, recreating, rejuvenating. He is giving life. And the passage that you just read really. Brings this truth out when Paul says that my gospel came to you not only in word. In other words, it did come in word, and for many people, that's all they got the word spoken. However, to you whom God purposed to bring to Himself, it was not in word only, but also in power, in the Holy Spirit, and with full conviction. And so He was able to say later that, you know, the testimony went out across Macedonia and Achaia saying to individuals that the people in Thessalonica had turned from idols to serve the living God. They had their lives totally transformed because the Spirit of God came in real, genuine power.
2: I appreciate that you talk about this power as creating life from the dead. In the Nicene Creed we say that the Spirit is the Lord and giver of life and we we see that record all the way from Genesis when the breath of God breathes life into Adam and he became a living soul and now breathing life into into spiritually dead souls. It's an important emphasis upon power that you make.
1: Amen.
0: This whole line of discussion seems to me to lead to, uh, or should lead to, an increased confidence in our preaching and in our evangelism. Is that is that the effect that studying these doctrines, studying the work of the Holy Spirit has had on your own ministry? And is that what you see as maybe one of the primary effects it might have on Christians who are hearing and learning about the work of the Holy Spirit, just an increased confidence in their ministry?
1: Well, certainly, with respect to the apostles, the New Testament writers, that's what, in fact, occurred. For instance, the Apostle Paul, um, recalling his initial evangelistic visit to Corinth, says in 1 Corinthians and chapter 2, uh, beginning with verse 1, and I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. In other words, I did not use the Greek philosopher's approach, absolutely dependent on oratorical skills. It says in verse 2, For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now listen to this, verse 3 down to verse 5. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my message were not implausible words of wisdom. Now, anybody who comes like that to persuade other people concerning his own position has shot himself in the foot before he even opens his mouth. But listen to this. He says, I did not come that way, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith, might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And what Paul is saying is that that's what brought about the transformation that took place in your lives in Corinth. It was not my ability. It was my dependent on God, and more specifically, on God, the Holy Spirit. So anyone who grasps this stops thinking in terms of psychedelic lights and um, you know, uh, an organ being played or keyboard in the background that can produce tears, even in you know a person who's asleep, and so on. You know, somebody will depend on God and on God alone. That's the way in which the effect of fruit will be if a person really recognizes this truth.
0: Yeah, that's that's. That's so powerfully put, because it sounds to me like what you're emphasizing is, yes, it gives us courage, it gives us confidence in preaching the Word of God, but also a measure of humility, as we understand that it's not from our own eloquence, and it's not from any of these other manipulative tools we might employ, but rather it has to be the power of the Holy Spirit at work in in changing people's hearts. Amen. Last question, Pastor Mbawe, I wonder if you could just share a little bit with our listeners about the way in which the Holy Spirit is at work in, in and through your own church, what you're seeing over there. I think most of us, I would count myself in this group, aren't too familiar with what the Lord's doing right now in Zambia. And I wondered if you could just in this last minute or so, share perhaps some, some things that are happening there.
1: Well, I'm still within the context of reconciling sinners to himself. I think for me, as a church pastor here in um, Africa, that's been my greatest joy: seeing individuals that were upside down morally in their own thinking, lost in all kinds of religious activities, coming now to see clearly Jesus and Him crucified, trusting in Him, abandoning all forms of good works and beginning to mend their marriages, beginning to you know, process responsibility for the wrong they have done and joining the family of God's people and beginning to work together with others in order to reach out to the lost and seeing the church grow and multiply and so forth. It's been a great encouragement. And this can only be the work of the Holy Spirit, because we're not filling church with entertainment and wooing people in by perhaps promising them clothing or food and things like that. It's just the preaching of the gospel and and seeing the the fruit of it. So clearly we are in a day of opportunity. Uh, One of these days, that day will be gone. But while the Spirit of God is at work among us, we give ourselves to Him and we rejoice in what He is doing. Mm,
0: amen. Pastor Mbewe, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to talk with us and our listeners today. And we appreciate it. We look forward to seeing you at PCRT.
1: Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. And thank you to all who are listening in.
0: So, James, so much to be impressed with. Uh, just talking even very briefly with uh, Pastor Mbewe, uh, such a, uh, it, it sort of radiated through the headphones, at least for me, the confidence he has in God's word, in preaching, the commitment he has to that. I think in the face of some significant opposition, but how that's all really rooted in his understanding of the work of the Holy Spirit. And he he had that great line at the end where he said, you know, this is a moment where there is an opportunity. So we need to take advantage of it. It won't be here forever, but we can preach the gospel and we ought to and we can do it we can do it confidently. So so that kind of confidence and tempered with humility, recognizing that it's God's work, I think was really significant. And then I think too, his emphasis with the role of the Holy Spirit on um, not maybe focusing on some of the things we normally talk about when we talk about pneumatology. I mean, he wasn't talking obviously about signs and wonders. He was talking about conviction and a focus on Jesus Christ. So, those are just the immediate sort of takeaways for me. I wonder what thoughts you might've had.
2: Yeah, I think especially with regard to the confidence, it can be tempting to think that our confidence is somehow beholden to some amount of courage or persuasiveness or whatever else we think we might bring to the occasion Mm -hmm. in preaching the gospel and that effective preaching of the gospel, the gospel preaching that produces results is somehow in the vessel proclaiming. But we, we really have this treasure in earthen vessels and God could just as well smash us and discard us yeah. and and bring forth his gospel through others. I thought of it, especially with regard to just the question of why should I have such utter confidence mm-hmm. in the power of God and in the spirit of conviction when I preach the gospel. And I do go back to this. We touched it just briefly in our conversation, but I do go back to this idea that the gospel comes not in word only. That's our part by God's gift. He's given us a message, uh, And indicative Christ's Mm -hmm. crucifixion and resurrection to Mm -hmm. proclaim together with the imperative of repent and believe. And we do this. And of course, we do this uh, pleading with men uh, to be reconciled to God. And yet he says it did not come in word only but also in power and the Holy Spirit with full conviction. And obviously he's not talking, I think the center of gravity in that trifold thing, power, Holy Spirit and full conviction is in the Holy Spirit so that the power and the full conviction are not what we supply to the evangelistic equation. And I was thinking of this in particular with regard to the work of creation. The reason you can actually have this confidence in the spirit's work in salvation is because it's really nothing other than the same power by which creation itself was brought about. Mm -hmm. He is the Lord and giver of life. When God breathes forth his spirit, man is created from the dust of the ground. We're actually talking about nothing less than the very power to create life. And this is, this is what is on our side when we proclaim the gospel, I don't think we have to worry ourselves about whether we bring strength or our own conviction, though. Hopefully we want to proclaim boldly and, and speak from personal conviction, of course, but the actual work of convicting and the strength of the gospel to raise the dead is nothing other than the very strength of the spirit by which man was made from the dust in the first
0: place. Yeah. And I find in preaching, I need to be reminded of that constantly because one of the other features I think of regular a regular preaching ministry is a sense of discouragement. you don't in other words, we don't always see that power manifested in obvious and immediate ways, so a sort of confidence that the spirit works through the word that's not as you say it's not us generating the power, and he is at work to do his work of of new creation well, very encouraging to hear and to speak with a brother who is Engaged in the same kind of labors, facing the same kinds of struggles, and relying on the same God, someone who's doing that overseas. And so, it was a real privilege to talk to Pastor Mbewe, and of course, I would remind our listeners that you can hear him preach at our upcoming Philadelphia Conference on Reformed Theology. He'll be speaking, actually, on some of these issues related to the Holy Spirit's work of conviction and the Holy Spirit in evangelism and so we would welcome all our listeners to that conference and then also if you'd like a free download that's related to this there's a there's an older pcrt and you can download that at placefortruth.org click on the theology on the go link it's the promised holy spirit so some of the issues that we got a chance to discuss today and then many that we didn't get to today and we'd love to have you download that and benefit from it we're grateful for your listening some of you are able to support us financially and that's that's important that's how the alliance is able to function and do things like this and so if you'd like to donate you could do that on placefortruth.org there's a donate button or on alliancenet.org same thing and again thank you for listening to theology on the go a brief interview about an eternal truth